Uh, joining me on the phone right now is James Black, guitar player for Finger Eleven. How hey. Hey, hey. Uh, today, your new album, Five Crooked Lines, is uh, now on sale. you got to feel pretty excited about this, right? Yeah, man. It's been, I guess, five years in, in the making. So, yeah, it feels awesome. And I, I feel so confident in the record itself. Like, we've been out here playing it for a couple of weeks, and people who have not heard the record are reacting to the songs just live off the stage. So yeah. it's just a great, there's a uh, just a great momentum building within the band of just like good vibes. And today is, it just like, it kind of puts a nice button on it all. Wow, that sounds great. Listen, before we get to talk about the new record, I want to talk about uh, your latest entry into rollingstone.com. Oh yeah. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but for our listeners who are not aware of this, uh, your old band, the Rainbow Butt Monkeys, have made the list for the 25 worst original names of famous bands. I know, yeah. You joined the likes of Mookie Blaylock, who joined, who became Pearl Jam, the Young Aborigines, who became uh, the Beastie Boys, and the Screaming Ad- Abadabs, who were became uh, Pink Floyd. And then we have the Rainbow Butt Monkeys. You must be, <laughs> you must be I, kind of proud, right? Oh, I, yeah. You know what? It's amazing because. Like for so many reasons, I guess it's amazing. <laughs> just because, but the company that it's in is so awesome. Like it, it, it's just, it's just funny to be in such an, a prestigious list, but for, for such a reason. <laughs> well, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read a little bit of this, and, and it's kind of like a comment and like a, a sarcastic all at the same time. And, and I'm yeah. doing this more for the benefit of our, our listeners right now, who, who probably don't go to RollingStone.com, but it caught my eye. Uh, by the way, you came in at number six. Not sure. I if know, it, yeah. Not I'm not bad. sure if it's an ordered list, but it says before they were the post-grunge hitmakers behind 2003's One Thing, the members of Finger Eleven were students at Lester B. Pearson High School. I was actually pretty impressed that they got that down. Uh, Mature enough to know that there's only so far a band with the profoundly stupid Wayne's World friendly name Rainbow (laughs) Butt Monkeys can get. (laughs) And then they go on to say, they said um, their cryptic new name, Finger Eleven, came with a moody new sound in 1997, and we were sadly denied the chance to hear Jay Leno have to say Rainbow Butt Monkeys on national television. (laughs) Well, listen, I just, I, I, you know, you've got 20 years behind you right now, and you've got a perspective right now. If you're a new band, you know, things have changed in the industry. The playing field is so much different. If you're a new, is it tougher a band to break out now than it is maybe when you guys, you guys got started? Uh, it, it might be. Like, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, why we got the opportunities we got was because of luck and, and like, well, radio contests you know like those things still exist right so those opportunities are still there but then there's other yeah i guess there's more opportunity now as far as making uh a space for yourself in like the great wide cyber space yeah yeah for your band but at the same time if there's now a million bands it's it it's harder even though every one of them has a platform now there's a million platforms how do you pick 
how do you get noticed out of that? I don't know. It's a that is that really is the challenge. You know, your music is far more accessible than it was twenty years ago. Yet uh, there are, there are a million players in the game. One yeah. thing that I I think was important in your development was not only radio support and the radio contest here, but 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 also much music and, and video channels, mm-hmm. which were so helpful in not only providing a, a, another platform for your the image of the band to be played up, but you guys used to be on there all the time. I remember yep. that so much. That was so much, uh, especially in the early days, part of you know us getting to know who you guys are. You know. Yeah, I mean, an amazing opportunity, and we didn't know at the time that it was just a, a moment in time kind of thing because it's such a great idea. It's like a one one. It's like a a radio station that everyone in, across the country watches. And, and so, like, no matter where you went in the country, there was a bit of a, like, uh, like, what is it, collective... A collective consciousness, yeah. ...that we all liked, that we could get behind. Like, And there's a spirit with that. But then once it stopped being about music on those channels, then, yeah, then it just becomes regional again. All right, like, oh, it was very unifying, and it was cool to go across the country knowing that that was the umbrella that a lot of the kids, us being kids at the time, were all sort of under the same taste-made taste, taste made umbrella kind of thing. Got it. Yeah, I got it. All right, let's move forward here. Uh, we have a new album out, uh, Five Crooked Lines, available today, and you can download it. You can go to stores and buy it as well, too. It's called Five Crooked Lines. Tell me, James, where were your heads, uh, where were you guys at when you were heading into the studio to uh, start doing this record? Um, in the beginning of writing it, I think it was just, uh, our heads were at like pushing past whatever we had done with, uh, Life Turns Electric, like not sort of further exploring it, but just going, blowing past it kind of thing. And and in our minds, there was a sort of like, I don't know, a determination of like, okay, we, we're not just going to go with the next 12 songs. We're going to forged through some creative quagmire to get to something that like reignites us to be like like the rainbow butt monkeys were like we would go anywhere and just like scream in everyone's face about like our band and our music so that was the mandate was like to truly 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 believe every second of this record like you would go to the wall for every instant of it and not settling for anything that's short of that. And it just took a lot of determination and a lot of being honest with ourselves and each other, which is that that's sort of the hardest thing about being in a band when you're a creative person with your best friend. Occasionally you have to tell your best friend that you don't like his idea. Hmm. But we're all, we were determined enough to know that's okay, we have to do that. Let's Let's do it. Let's hurt each other's feelings for the sake of, how huh. good this can be. That's taken so a lot that, of chances. Yeah, so it, and it just it came down to that. It was like, okay, like if we want to make something really special, we have to be just so exposed personally and to each other. Like this is the only way that we can really get at it, where it means something to all of us. And then once we had written that, it was like, let's not mess it up right at the last second in the studio by making it some big glossy punchy pop rock thing like no let's make sure it's still rough around the edges and everything so going into this actual studio we only had like three weeks to go there and record and mix so we kind of left it like we've got five years to five years to write this thing but a very 
sort of lightning lightning round to yeah. get it down on tape. Had to get it done quickly. I mean, I like yeah. what, I like the way you described it, rough around the edges. The, the first thing that hit me, especially the first half of the record, man, this is a heavier record than maybe the last couple. That's yeah. not to take anything away from the last two, two or three records, but this one uh, reminds me of a certain intensity and a heaviness that maybe your earlier records were like. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think maybe even more so. Like, I think now that we're men we have more weight behind us as far as even like the, the gravity of the lyrics the gravity of scott's voice the intensity of our playing like but yeah it's hearkening back i think because when you have come to see us live at any point in our career it's always been the more aggressive presentation of no matter what song it is yeah you come to see us live it's going to be a heavier version than probably the record so i think this time it was about a bit of like, well, if that always happens, let's make sure the record is kind of live, so that it, if that, if if our inherent being is is a heavy, like kind of beefy, muscular rock band, then what are we doing going to the studio and doing anything but that? So let's <laughs> let's do it like it's live kind of thing. So I think that basicness was what in the beginning we did it because that was all of the the. The tools we had at our fingertips. All right. just, we were just broke musicians, kids in Burlington. So stripping it down to that again, the basics. I think is there's there's just a rawness and an elemental, uh, primal thing that only exists in the, the basic form. Like we, we just maybe some records went a little too glossy over top of it, and like flew over it. So this time it was like, no, cavemen. the inner beast of uh finger 11 uh, shows itself on the new album five look at uh, i'm going to give you one minute to describe the highlights of this record you know maybe some of the song highlights and and maybe some of the songs that we should be listening for and oh you got to hear this song because this happens or this lyric changed everything that we were doing for a month or i don't know okay well i think the the track of note is one called Come On Oblivion. It's uh, a longer song, and it just has this kind of sprawling epicness to it that, I don't know, we we probably have been searching to try to do for our whole career, a song like that. And, and it just... So it, it, that is sort of like a weird... a dream fulfilled and in a weird way. Like, it's not self-indulgent, I don't think. It's just... A, a long journey because it needs to be kind of thing. I love that. And then another song called Absolute Truth, to me, sounds like if you could cut the top of my head off and look at it, that's what it sounds like. Wow. It's just like, I, I don't know, it's the kind of heavy, intense rock mixed with like satanic go-go dancers from the <laughs> 60s. I don't know, but I, it just, it's what it feels like inside my head, the kind of what, what rock I would like to hear. Wow. I don't know. It just it it's a really neat unique feeling to have like to really be striking chords for yourself like I don't know like I think I would be a huge fan of this record if I wasn't a part of it because it it's just hitting stuff in me that's like yeah man I love that kind of sound yeah, absolute truth for sure. Wow, that's great. I love that. By the way, the satanic go-go dancers in my head. I'm going to keep that in mind as I listen <laughs> to this new record. The album's called Five Crooked Lines. Uh, I know you guys are doing some dates uh, this summer, but what about plans about a, a Finger 11 tour? Uh, there, we're doing some um, Canadian dates 
actually probably even this week and next in on the east coast but i think uh october november is going to be like the fall finger 11 the fall and canada are all going to be in the same little all They're right. getting in bed together. Fantastic. We're getting into bed with Finger 11. Uh, I do want to do a shout-out to make sure everybody knows that Finger 11 are playing in Buffalo this coming Tuesday at a place oh, called right. the Ironworks. All right? So uh, great talking to you again, James. Uh, Absolutely. Take care, take care of the go-go dancers in your head, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you guys out on the road, all right? Yeah. Thank you, man. Cheers, man. Take it easy.